by split decision. Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Split Decision UK. Uh, je m'appelle Joel Flain. We're opening this one with a little bit of French for you just to spice it up. So, uh, just before we get started, I mean, we are we are here. We're here to wet USC MMA. We're, we're British focused. We like to get uh, shout outs to all our British fighters. But before we start, we do just need to do a little bit of little bit of an update in terms of scheduling because it is currently Monday. The 17th of June, it is the evening, around about half past seven at night. We've been to work, we got back, as I'm sure all of you have. Uh, so I'm joined by Skype, by Matthew Clark, excuse me, who I'll introduce shortly. But like I say, it is a Monday night. We were due to record on the Sunday morning yesterday. So I was around my girlfriend's house. I thought, Matt, it's only a half hour drive for you. Why don't you swing around here in the morning? We'll get a podcast done in person for the first time in a few weeks and we'll see what the atmosphere is like with that. So Matt pulled up yesterday morning, started unpacking all his gear. Obviously, we had a little chat and he's got his mic out. He's got his mic stand out. He's got his little uh, pop filter out. He's got that all set up. We're ready to go. I'm all set up. I'm ready to go. And then at the last minute, Matt reveals that he forgot the lead to plug his mic in. So that was it. The podcast was off. Matt went scurrying away with his tail between his legs after a wasted journey, an hour round trip. So before we do get started, Matthew, is there anything you would you would like to say to our loyal listeners? You can't let it go, can you? <laughs> Come well, on. What can I say? It's, it's one of those things. It happens. Uh, a mistake I, I shall learn from. Um, I've got a good cup of coffee out of it. I've got to see yourself and uh, your girlfriend, her lovely house. Uh, it weren't a wasted trip, in my in my opinion. No, I, I it was nice the, to see uh, you. Problems. It has been a little while, so it was nice to see you. It's just... Uh, Thought we'd, we'd open up with that just to make sure you don't get away completely scot free with it. Yeah, yeah, Pro- proper bonehead. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I uh, I told you I was going to do some extra podcast homework when I went back to my flower. <laughs> I can't say I did too much. I did a little bit, uh, a bit of research and stuff. But um, yeah, proper uh, proper mug, proper bonehead. And uh, so quickly, and where's before... this French thing come from? By the way, I wish you'd have told me. Yeah, do you know what? I don't know. I just... <laughs> I like answering the phone with a bonjour every now and then, so I thought I'd throw it into the pod, see how that uh, goes down. I, I expected the bonjour, but the je m'appelle come out of nowhere. That's literally my French vocabulary. Uh, yeah, I was about to respond in French there, but I could benefit. <laughs> I've got to see in French, uh, would you believe it? So like I say, we are here to discuss MMA very quickly. Are you, are you up to date on Love Island? No, I'm not watching it. Ah, you sacked it off this year. I've sacked it off. Um, I, I just know if I'm... If I watch a couple episodes in a row, I'm I'm caught hook, line, and sinker. Uh, I just don't want to. I just don't want to make a commitment. No, Joe. no, it's a lot. It's a lot. Any characters in there? Obviously, I know Tyson Fury's brothers in there. Yeah, there's a, a couple of characters. A couple of characters. It could do with a little bit of spicing up. Uh, been a little bit boring the last couple of nights. I'm disappointed, but uh, I digress. Let's not get too into that. I know it's a sort of a divisive subject. As we say, MMA is our main uh, subject, our main topic of discussion here. Kind of UFC fo- uh, focus, but. We had no fights this weekend uh, in the UFC, but we did have a bit of Bellator, so we may as well start there, Matthew. Uh, big main event, Rory McDonald against Neiman Gracie in that Worldweight tournament they got there. McDonald, after his um, sort of odd comments after his uh, last fight, decent little win against Neiman Gracie, who's uh, a bit untested. Obviously, he's got a famous name, but a fight I think we expected Rory to, to come through. Yeah, uh, I think he's got a tough fight in the finale, though, isn't he? It's a rematch with... 
uh, Lima. I think I think he'll be a tougher fight than the first one, which was uh, tough in itself. He, like you say, he has looks a bit sort of more like his old self though, after them uh, quite strange comments as you put. But yeah, he looks all right. Nothing to sort of get too excited about, but I think it's the finale that Bellator was sort of looking to get. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's probably the best outcome in terms of quality, I think, out of there. I think you had some decent names in there with with Gracie as well. So we're big fans of the Gracies here. But yeah, very much looking forward to that second fight. And it'll be interesting to see where, where Rory's at still because... Where's your, where's your early money on that one, Joe? I think... I think early money's probably on Rory. I think that's maybe just a bit down to that sort of UFC bias. Obviously, he's been in the UFC and he's built beat the top contenders in there. So I think maybe I'd lean towards that. But we know Douglas Lima is very dangerous on his own merit. And we know that Rory's uh, had some 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 problems, some, not problems, some sort of discussions going on in his own head recently. So I would favour Rory, but definitely um, anyone's fight, I think. Yeah, it's a coin flip for me. I think Lima's looking a sort of bit more, a bit more dangerous, but perhaps that's sort of the, just the styles he's had to fight against. I mean, it, perhaps I'm sort of leaning towards Lima purely because I've got the, the recent memory of the Musasi fight in my head. You know, where he sort of just didn't turn up at all. Yeah. See, Musasi's a world champion in his own right, but, uh, but I don't know. It's a tough one. I'm looking forward to it though. I think it's like I say, it's the, the two best in the tournament uh, sort of vying for that title. Yeah, definitely. And also on that Bellator card, we had um, Dylan Dennis, who's famous for his kind of out-of-the-ring antics, really. First round armbar win, so I think he moves to 2-0. and o's. Decent. Uh, I think they're doing the right thing with Dylan Dennis in Bellator in terms of easing him in against these lower-level guys who you expect him to win, but maybe he sees, he sees something different, a little bit different every time, and he's got to figure out that puzzle as he moves on. Someone they haven't really been doing that with is Aaron Pico, who lost again uh, at the weekend to Adam Boric, who's a, a good fighter in his own right. I think he might have. I think he's got an unbeaten record, so there's big things expected of him as well. But he knocked Aaron Pico out in the second round. I just wonder what your thoughts are on this one because we know Aaron Pico's got a lot of stock in the MMA world, in the community. I think Brendan Sharp, who I don't mind, I quite I don't mind Brendan Sharp, but uh, he's called him the LeBron James of of uh, MMA, which is a very sharp. Uh, Esque comment to make, but I wondered what your thoughts were on this one, in terms of Pico, in terms of how Bellator are handling him, uh, yeah, in terms of the whole situation there. Uh, from my point of view, it's I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. They get a lot of stick Bellator for doing things like what they're doing with Dylan Dennis and what they did with MVP and in feeding them so-called tomato cans. Um, but when they do get a prospect and actually give them legit competition, people moan that they've not being built up. So yeah, it's true. one of those situations where you can't really win. Um, with regards to Pico, it's, it's not good, is it? Like getting no. knocked out three no, times. definitely not, no. You do wonder where he's going to go from here uh, or whether it whether or not he's going to stay with Bellator. I mean, I'm not sure really where you can where you can put him on the roster now. You can't build him as the LeBron James of uh, <laughs> MMA, the future of the sport. If you've lost three of your last four, obviously he's got bucket loads of talent, but... Uh, it just doesn't seem to be putting it together well. No, I know, and I think I think I think they are giving him tough opponents, though. Um, I, I think you have to put in there that, that Pico's come out his set himself and said that, yeah, they are giving me tough opponents, but if they gave me easier ones, I would wipe the floor with them. Uh, obviously, you've got to take that with a pinch of salt because he's a fighter and he's got to have that self belief. But yeah. I think I think there's still an opportunity there. I think his record's only like what two and three or something like that. It's still pretty even. 
So um, I think you've got to bite the bullet. You've got to sort of go back on, on your previous decisions. And I think you've you got to really just, yeah, put them up against some lower level fighters. And I think you've still got plenty of plenty of hype, uh, plenty of chance, plenty of chances to, to do good things from there, from what you hear. Yeah, I think you, they've got to, this comes to a point where you've got to start adopting that boxing model, haven't you? If you're trying to build up a style, you've got to protect them. You've got to protect your asset. Yeah. I mean, Bellator haven't created so, too many homegrown stars, and Pico is meant to be one of them. He was sort of um, sort of built up to be the next sort of main MMA star, their main eventer, uh, much like MVP was. But um, they got MVP to a certain point where, what was Pico? Two and four and three now? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least wait till 8, 9 and 0 or whatever before you start giving him the legit competition. I don't know, I'm, I'm on the fence really because I do get the the argument with like the feeding them low competition, cans or whatever you want to call them. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a money business and they've got to start building up their assets um, in order to sort of, I don't know, build them up as stars. I don't know, it's a tricky one. It's hard to do with MMA as well because of the variables and stuff boxing it's a lot easier you can cherry pick a lot more um but i don't know with regards to where he goes next i don't know i think you're right i think he's got to start fight, facing lower level competition whether he wants to or not yeah yeah i, I would agree uh, but i think looking back on the Bellator card the big news that came out of this was from the i don't know co-main event or whatever it was leo leo machida uh tko chow sonnen in the second round i think we probably suspected that i think leoto left the UFC on a win so he's still got plenty more left, left in his bag so congratulations to that man but big news is that Chow Sonnen has decided to hang up his gloves after that one yeah we, we gave him a lot of stick didn't we, we for like sort of for, for the fact that they're actually even still fighting but I, I shed a little tear when uh well not literally but uh, I was quite sad when Chow Sonnen actually hung up his gloves on Friday night always been one of my favourites he, he paved the way for the for the trash talk era. He paved the way for the likes of McGregor, and I think he's certainly one of the best to do it from a promotion standpoint. Um, had the tools to back it up back in the day. Yes, he's got all the sort of steroids sort of stuff, and he was getting popped in the days when Usada weren't even about. So <laughs> yeah, he was that's on it, the scale. Yeah. He did some um, good work there. Oh, when you look at that first silver fight, one of my favourite fights of all time, by the way. Uh, disappointing ending, but you can. The most blatant geezer on steroids <laughs> yeah. you've ever seen in your life. He's got about a thousand spots on his back. Veins popping out of his head. But yeah, one of the best to do it. Oh, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe not one Maybe not one of the best to do it, but one of the one biggest of characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the best characters in MMA. One of the best trash talkers in, in sport, really, I think. I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, he's, um, I think he's been a great asset to the sport, I think. I'm a, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I'm, I'm coming at a slightly different timeline. So for me, Chow's been a little bit of a comedic character for the large part of my kind of following. But uh, obviously, uh, you go back and you watch your your fights and you do your own research or whatever you want to call it. We're just fans, so we we do these things. And yeah, I think he's been a great asset to the sport. I think he's a great uh, personality, but I think he's got plenty to offer now. He's got a great voice. He does his own podcast. Uh, I think that's I think he still does it with John Anik, but either way, he's, he's still out there giving his opinion. So sad to see him go, but I think uh, surprisingly for someone who's kind of held on so long, he seems to be in good health. He seems to be all there mentally. His speech is good. His kind of his sort of uh, the way he speaks and 
Uh, how he can interact with people seems good. So I think he's he's got out of it kind of pretty scot-free, had a good career, made a decent amount of money, got plenty of options ahead of him. So, yeah, congratulations to that man and, and all the best. But I think we look back on uh, the weekend just gone, there was another fight, a big one in uh, Las Vegas as well. The Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, dispatched his opponent, Tom Swartz, within two rounds. Uh, I think we all expected him to get this done pretty easily. Tom Swartz wasn't the biggest of names and didn't have the best of records. He was an unbeaten fighter, so certainly had plenty of promise there. But I think Tyson Fury kind of uh, exceeded expectations. We had his walkout where he came out dressed like Apollo Creed. He had James Brown living in America as his walkout tune. It was fantastic. Knocked the guy out, got on the mic afterwards, started singing Aerosmith. What more could you want from your uh, American debut? Absolutely nothing more to add on that. I mean, I'm not a, the the biggest boxing buff. I struggle with keeping up to speed with it all. I mean, I'd never heard of Tom Schwartz. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have, but like I say, I'm not a boxing buff. Um, but he's higher ranked than Ruiz was, so I thought maybe he might have a chance. But looking at the fight back the next day, Fury just put on a complete clinic, didn't he? Oh, he looked he looked incredible, didn't it's he? unbelievable, his, his moving upper, around like a lightweight. That is it. His upper body movement is is ungodly, really. He's the best boxer in the heavyweight division by a mile. Oh, by a million miles. A country mile. By a million miles, yeah. And I think just just quickly, you mentioned uh, Anthony Joshua, Ruiz. Yeah, yeah. Swartz was ranked higher than Ruiz. And I think Ruiz has thrown a spanner in the works and added a little bit of spice to this one because no one thought Joshua would lose. And then when he does, uh, Fury's fighting two weeks later against another no-name. You think, oh, no. Is that a sign of things to come? But nevertheless, it, it wasn't. And... Uh, I think, yeah, like you say, he's probably he's the most skilled boxer in that heavyweight division. By yeah. by far, I think. And the way the way he sort of evaded Wilder is testament to that. He looked even better last night up against, obviously, a much lesser fighter. But it's just the whole show is incredible, I think, isn't it, with Tyson? Yeah, p- picking back on your sort of entrance you were talking about, just you can't ask for a, a bigger character in, in sport at the minute, I can't think of where you've got the singing at the end. Like, no one does that. No, no one. No. <laughs> Plus, throwing the uh, the story of the uh, the depression that he was having before and his sort of positive message he wants to give out to people, as well as making people laugh and as well as entertaining people with his skills. I think he's got it all. That that Wilder rematch, that's just uh, that's just money. Yeah, definitely. I think, pure money, isn't it? I think he said he's going to get another fight in before then, yeah. which, whatever, fair enough, I suppose. He signed well, his... I, I don't. I don't get that about boxing. Well, what, I, why risk it? I know. I know. It's, it's, that's what worries me. I mean, like, who's even in there? Is it uh, Pulev? I think it was. I was heard was mooted to fight him. Um, but yeah, it's just too convoluted. That's what I'm saying. I can't keep up with the boxing model. Yeah, and I know what you mean, and I, I, I think the worry is that he's going to have to fight someone better than Tom Schwartz, which is. Uh, obviously going to only increase the risk. I do expect Tyson Fury to win there, but that is the worry because if he does lose there, then you're in trouble because then there ain't no fight with Deontay Wilder, probably. Do we, but Do we do we know the uh, the time frame here? Because I think you said he's fighting. Is that in, that's sort of October, I think I heard. Yes, so I think he's eyeing September, October, and then we're looking at like a March, April, May, June. Uh, who knows for Wilder, but next, <laughs> but, <laughs> but next year. So he's going to get Sticking this fight your neck out there, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. It's going to Where be at least America? one of the 11 months next year he will fight Wilder. But... Got to get out there for that, I think. Oh, that would be that would be an amazing time, wouldn't it? I think the, the atmosphere would just be uh, unreal. I think he, he's got to try and lobby for Wembley or something, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he will. I think if he beats Wilder, then 
the world the world is his oyster and I think he could fill out Wembley quite easily the only thing I think with Wilder you know is because obviously Wilder is the biggest knockout artist in the division currently if not ever that might be yeah. a long shot but for a very long time and Tyson Fury went 12 rounds with him evaded that power until the very last round got starched and just got up at 7 he's got to go another 12 rounds and not get knocked out again like, is it possible to go 24 rounds with Deontay Wilder and not get clipped and knocked out? Well, that- my, my argument would be um, the time he had off and what he was coming back from and only two tune-up fights he did that. What's he going to do after an extra year or two added on to that of training and fighting? So, yeah, yeah. he'd definitely be far, uh, sharper, shouldn't he? You would think. Yeah, yeah. That is the yeah, that is definitely the, the counter-argument there. But nevertheless, a great show all round. Uh, another British fighter we had fighting at the weekend in something that was um, a little a little less kind of uh, Hollywood, if you like. Josh Warrington got a nice win over Kid Galahad. Uh, this was an important fight for Warrington because this was kind of his last fight on these shores, his last fight of this type of scale because after this, he's going to go hunting for those big American fights because he wants to unify the decision. And so he should. He, he should be going for those big money fights now after... You know, if you look at Josh Warrington a few years ago, he looked, he was good, but we weren't sure about his promise. Then he's come and he's, he's beat Carl Frampton, and you're like, okay, there's no, there's no doubt about that. So, uh, a good win for Josh Warrington at the weekend. Uh, as I say, not as much glitz around it, but it was a tense fight for him. I've heard him speak, and it was a very important fight, and it was almost one that he had to just get out of the way. And of course, we know that they can be difficult sometimes. So, fair play to Josh Warrington, uh, the the Leeds man. I'm a big fan of his, and I've watched him for a a number of years now, so hopefully he does get those big money fights in America at the weekend. But, Matthew, I think this boxing news leads us on quite nicely to our Simon Saffer Award for Outstanding Achievement this week. Got any nominations for me? I think it's my turn, isn't it? Is it my turn? Or is it your turn? It is your turn, yeah, and I'd like to say I had lots of nominations this week, but I haven't got too much going on. I think you could I think you could obviously give it to Charles Sonnen. Similar to what we discussed about Jimmy Manuel last week, I think you could give this to him as a kind of lifetime achievement award. Yeah, that's a good shout. Um oh. again, if we had a won, we would have probably sort of you know sort of nudged it in his favour. Um Yeah. I've got a good shout for leaving the leader at home. <laughs> yeah, you certainly do, because obviously with our Safari Award it's for good or bad, and you're certainly in the bad books for leaving your lead at home, like you say. Uh, it's, it's, it's only one winner, and it? it's uh, the Gypsy King. How could it not be? Yeah, Tyson Fury. You've got the entrance, you've got the fight, you've got the post-fight theatrics. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a video of him going to see Schwartz in the changing rooms after, giving him some uh, words of encouragement, uh, uh, offering to train with him as well back in England. Uh, just a, a class act, really. Um yeah, mate, anyone who fucking walks out to the ring like Apollo Creed <laughs> yeah. is a winner in my books. I'm a big fan of the Rocky films, as, as when you a, are as well. You're a six foot nine white bloke as well. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, nah, brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Um, so the winner of the award is uh, Big Tyson Fury. Congratulations, big man. Should we move on to some news, Joseph? Yeah, a bit of fight news, shall we? Obviously, we had no fights, but we have had a fair bit of fight news. So, do you want to start? Yeah, we, we've been talking about this young man. We are saying because uh, he was lobbying for the Lawler fight, nothing materialised, and we said the next best thing would probably be the RDA fight. So Leon Edwards has actually got his wish. He's got RDA next. What do you make of them apples? Yeah, great fight. Well-deserved for Edwards. I think this is 
if he wins this, he's under he's undeniable now. He's up there fighting your Woodleys, your Usmans, uh, your Askrens, and whoever else, Masvidal, Covington. I think if he wins this, that's it. I think I would have to fancy Edwards in this one. I think everything he does is probably everything that is RDA's worst nightmare. Yeah, I think it's a really tough fight, to be honest. Of course um, it's a tough fight. Yeah. yeah. But um, I I do agree. I, th- I do think Edwards gets it done. I think it'll get, be a very tough fight, but I think it'll go the distance. But I think, like you say, yeah, he does everything well. That uh, He's going to put RDA under a lot of pressure, and I think Edwards is younger and hungrier and um, probably a little bit bigger. So, But the tricky one with this, I, I just can't see the winner getting a title shot. I mean, it's tricky for RDA. He's I think he's number two, but he's lost to the interim champion and the champion. Even with a win here at number two, he's not even going to get a shot. So you got to wonder where he sort of, where his mindset is. It's like, what's even the point? I've got, I'm going to win this one. Where do I even go? Um, with regards to Edwards, I think he knows as well that Askren Masvidal winners getting the shot. So it's a pretty tricky situation. I think it's by no means a number one contenders fight, even though it probably should be. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think for RDA that might apply. I think that's a very good point you made. As as far as Edwards goes, I think this is still the most important fight of his life. I think this will mean oh, everything. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think he will be fine. I, yes, like you say, he won't be getting a title shot after this. He might not even get a number one contender shot after this. They might have to do some sort of unofficial tournament just to bide a bit of time while it works itself out because obviously Covington needs a shot. Woodley will probably be after a rematch, so there's plenty in there. But um, yeah, fantastic fight for Leon Edwards, like I say, and I, th- I think he will get it done. Yeah, I uh, think um, Askren Masvidal winner gets it, but I think if Edwards gets a win here, I think, I don't know what's first. I think I think Edwards is actually after that fight. Um, I'm probably wrong, but he's just got to call out Masvidal, call him every name under the sun on the mic, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Just make that fight undeniable. That's it, yeah. And I think he will. I think he knows that now. I mean, it's already undeniable, that fight anyway. I mean, I'm shocked it's not even been made. Um, But yeah, that's got to be the game plan. Obviously, get the win first and then just uh, call him out in every way, which way but loose. Yeah, okay. So a couple of quick mentions. Alex Hernandez has been announced against Francesco. Francisco, I think he might be Trinaldo. Uh, cracking fight that one that will be a, a proper brawl and it'll be interesting to see what uh, adjustments Hernandez has made following his loss to Cowboy because I think he commented on how he can't once he gets to a certain level he can't just go out there and look to blitz people in the first round anymore uh, we've also had Derek Brunson against uh, Ian Heinish announced and Curtis Blades against Shamil Abdurakimov. what do you think about those three Matt? Um, I'll give you my pick for each each one if you like yeah go on then First off, I think that hernandez Trinaldo one's a great fight. That's just got a brawl written all over it. I think Hernandez is right in that he does need to sort of scale it back. I think he's got the right mindset. He's got that sort of championship mentality. When you hear him speak, he, he knows what he's got to do. So I fully expect him to bounce back in that one. Agreed. I like Heinish against Brunson. I think Heinish has looked pretty good. He's very sort of stifling and he's he's beat some good guys since he's come into the, the promotion. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think Bladesy's going to get one uh, W on his name as well. Yeah, I have to agree with all your picks and your comments there, Matt. Merci. Yes. Oh, nice. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So, uh, just on the women's side as well, it's also been mooted. I don't think it's been officially confirmed yet, but we were wondering who might be facing Jessica Andrade for her first title defence. Was there going to be a rematch there? Turns out 
Uh, it's not. It looks like it's going to be Weili Zhang, who, on the face of it, you might it might sound like it's uh, slightly undeserved, but she has been on a, a 19-fight win streak. She beat Tisha Torres. She beat Aguilar before that. There's talk about Michelle Waterson. She might have been deserving of a shot. People have been a little bit of a, a little bit of a fuss kicked up over that. But as it is, it sounds like Weili Zhang is going to be get, uh, getting the shot against Andrade. Matthew, over to you. Uh, I, I don't really see what a big deal is about Waterson not getting it. Um, I don't know if I'm missing something, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think I might agree with you because... People seem to be a little bit pissed off that she hasn't got the shot. I think I can see, not even thinking of Zhang, two others in front of her in Rose and uh, Suarez. Yeah, I don't get I don't get what the hate is on this. Um, perhaps because Zhang's a bit unknown. Perhaps because Waterson people like her because she's good looking and can talk well, and she's a mum, etc. All, all very well, all well and good those sort of things, but. Yeah, um, it's not the main criteria. It's not, no. It's, uh, <laughs> Zhang has beat the, if you're going to use the rankings, Zhang's beat the higher ranked fighter in her last outing. So, fully deserved, really. Uh, why not? And it's in China as well. Obviously, that's going to help. So, yeah, I've got no problem with it at all. Uh, I think it's a tricky fight for Andrade as well. Yes, I'm very interested, actually. I'm very interested to see this. Weili Zhang did kind of come into the UFC unknown, as obviously they do when they're new to the UFC. But, put on good performances, won every single fight. She's looked good. She's tough. She's, yeah, why not? Why not give her a chance? Like you say, she's got every right, as much right as Watson, if not more. So fair play to her. In China, like you say, I think that'll be Austin. Might play into her hands a little bit, but decent little shout that. Yeah, they're going to want to crack that market. It's the biggest market in the world. Yes. They're, they're going to need a star, and uh, they've, they've eyeballed her as the star. So I think it's pretty... Pretty straightforward and uh, standard sort of fair for, for combat promotions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, that's why yeah, it works, it. as far that's as I'm concerned. Any what's on there, Joe? So no, news, I think that's it, isn't it? No fight announcements. There is a little bit of news. Just briefly, Fedor Emelianenko has penned um, a new contract with Bellator. It's been termed a bit of a retirement tour. And I believe there's been talk about him maybe fighting Rampage. So that's something to get uh, our juices flowing a little bit. Uh, you could put it that way. Not a fan? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I was. I don't know. It's, it's about time to retire, Joe, isn't it? <laughs> Probably, but... I don't even know how old he is anymore. I couldn't, couldn't even guess. No. 70? Probably. Something like that? Around that, I would say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Uh, who is the retirement tour? You mentioned Jackson there, but I think he's already fought everyone, hasn't he? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Old. Like I said, I did just check it briefly. I thought it was uh, a little bit interesting that he's still going and he's still signing multi-fight contracts. So <laughs> don't give a damn, does he? <laughs> no. You gotta respect it. You gotta respect it. Anyone who's sort of that age, who's sort of wearing them little pants, walking out to the ring. Oh yeah, you gotta, yeah. You gotta respect it, mate. Definitely. But I'll tune in. I'm sure. So, should we have a quick look at Bellator London next week? It arrives back in the UK, and there's some decent fights on there, some good names, lots of British talent, obviously. Very Bellator heavy this week, Joe, isn't it? It's all Bellator. It's nice, it's nice, it's nice to mix it up. I it like is. it. It is, definitely, yeah. So, we start at the top, shall we? Musassi and uh, Rafael Lovato Jr.? Yeah, I think that makes sense, and I think Musassi will show his class once again in this one. 
Yeah, I don't know too much about Earl of Art. I know he's a jiu-jitsu ace. Uh, but yeah, that's about as much as I know about it. <laughs> uh, we all know about Musassi. He's, he's world-class, been around the block for many a year. Um, one of the best middleweights in the world, if not the best. So um, you, you got to fully expect him to get the, another win in London. I'm pretty sure he was he was main event in London last year as well, where he won the title. So yeah, fully expect him to get a dominating victory. Do you agree? Yeah. Disagree? Yeah, no, got to, agree. got to agree with you there. You've got to back Musassi, haven't you, when you look at his class and his pedigree, and he's not even that old yet, still still doing it. So got to, you got to back Gaygard. Uh, do you want to run us through some others on there? Pick out, pick out some highlights for us. Well, we'll move to Paul Daly and Eric Silver. Eric Silver, uh, UFC vet, um, never quite lived up to the potential that um, was expected of him. He was quite the sort of um, prodigy at first, but then sort of, tailed off a little bit and eventually released Paul Daly we all know about Paul Daly been doing it forever about 70 MMA fights and that's not even an exaggeration oh, it's a lot isn't there on his record <laughs> yeah that's just a guess but I don't think I'm far off to be honest yeah, um, he's, he's, he's got at least 40 wins I know that so well let's check it out shall we go on have a look let the fingers do the walking <laughs> yeah Paul Daly this is A level podcasting 40 wins yeah How's your maths? 17 losses. Right, 57. Uh, two draws, 59. Well, not far off, mate. I mean... I'm not bad. Considering 70 is usually an outlandish guess, <laughs> you're like 10 off, which ain't bad. Yeah, yeah, 40 fucking wins. Blimey. But yeah, he'll want to bounce back from that disappointing fight last time out. Not not only because he lost, but obviously it got a lot of flack, the performance. He tries to wrestle MVP in that completely anticlimactic fight which left us all sort of wanting um he's going to want to write that wrong particularly in england and he's going to want to land that big left hook definitely Be a tough fight though silver still silver's no mug and um, but i reckon i reckon daily gets it done it's a favorable matchup so anyone else jill so you've got james gallagher on there as well obviously he's sort of up and coming he's been mapping out his career quite smartly from what we've seen he's up against jeremiah labiano who i'm gonna come out admit i have no idea who he is or what he's like. So, But big fan of James Gallagher from what we've seen so far, so hopefully he can build on his potential. You've got Melvin Manhoof who's fighting on there. Again, I don't know much about him, but having listened to quite a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, we know he's a big fan, and obviously he is quite the destroyer, so that's going to be one to look out for, I would have thought. Yeah, we mentioned uh, Leon Edwards, little bro fighting, Fabian on the card. He's, he's they're slowly like we talked before about um, building up their their assets and I think they're doing exactly the same with Fabian got a pretty straightforward victory I think it was in Birmingham last time out and I, I see another one this weekend as well and um, they're going to start have to start pushing him over the top to to legit contenders soon um, but I, I expect a, a fully comprehensive victory for Fabian you looking forward to that one? Yeah I am actually I like Fabian I think he's got a lot of talent obviously uh, his brother has shown what his potential might be, and I I do expect good things from from Fabian. Who else are you looking for on there, Joe? Well, there's another interesting name to throw in there, and that is Aaron Chalmers, who was obviously formerly of Geordie Shaw fame. I don't think I actually watched it in his series. I gave it a, I gave it a couple of series and then knocked it on the head. It was no Jersey Shaw, I'll tell you that. But I never used to watch Jersey Shaw. Oh, Jersey Shaw is one of the best best programs oh, well, I've ever seen. I was a I was a Geordie Shaw first couple of series, uh, then it got a bit. Got a bit zoomy, too, yeah. too, bit muggy in there. I know what you mean, but Jersey Shore is like. What was good about it? Oh, it was just, obviously it's the original, 
So yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, like the early Big Brothers, when you go in there, you've got no plan or blueprint or, yeah. or, or no idea that you're just going to get famous off of this and then just make your money off being famous. You yeah, just yeah. go in to do it. That was kind of like what Jersey Shore was like. It was all fresh and they were just... Having just, it. Yeah, basically having it. But Aaron <laughs> Chalmers... Aaron Chalmers is fighting in Bellator this weekend. So there you go. <laughs> you made your point then. <laughs> In this celebrity era, I mean, maybe he'll fight Tom Cruise. I would like to see that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Right, I'm looking forward to seeing Galab Bufando, who's uh, fighting as well. He's very exciting. Striker and Nathan Grayson as well. Um, <clears throat> former Cage Warriors champion as well, trying to sort of put his stamp on the division in, in London, in his hometown. So that should be quite exciting. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing Alfie Davis. Joe, this guy, um, kickboxer. Highlight reels for highlight reels, this guy. Keep your eye out. He will be all over Instagram, I reckon, with another highlight reel knockout this time next week. All right. I like it. Let's keep our eyes peeled for that one. What about Paulie Malianagi versus Artem Lobov in bare knuckle boxing on a scale of 1 to 10? How pumped are you for this one, Matthew? I don't know, 11. Oh, off the charts. <laughs> I don't know. What's even going on? Like, just the conversations we've just been having there. Tom Cruise, Geordie Shaw fighting in there. We've got Paolo Malianagi fighting Artem Lobov in bare knuckle boxing. The world's gone mad. This is the world but, we live um, in nowadays, son. This is it. This is social media in real life. I, where can I watch it? Have I got to stream it from the man? I ain't got a clue where you watch it. Yeah, you've got to stream it from someone. I'm excited, though. I'm, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm absolutely pumped for it. You are actually, you, so you're genuinely looking forward to this one, yeah? Yeah, I, I will not watch any of the others, but I'm, I'm intrigued. It's, it's a, it's a great narrative. You can't deny it. It's, it's it the is. ultimate it sort of culm, culmination of a, a massive rivalry. It's uh, like Romeo not, and Juliet in a way. Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? Well, you got the Montagues over here, you got the Capulets over here, and they're just battling, it, battling it out. It's a, it's a love story ultimately, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I I can't comment on that because I don't know too much about my Shakespeare. So I'll fair enough. I'll yeah. assume that that is correct. But I do think if Malianagi gets the win here, he'll he'll call out uh, your man, Notorious. One hundred percent. That is, must be the only reason he is doing this because like Paulie Malianagi, he was a boxer. He was okay. He won a world title. But he, was, he wasn't like exceptional. Obviously, you can win world titles in boxing. That's the way it works. And he's moved on. He's got a career in commentary, punditry, whatever you want to call it. And I have to say, he's one of the best out there. Yeah, um, he is. He's genuinely really, really good. And he offers something that 99%... Brilliant. Yeah, 99% of the other sort of people on there, they, they don't offer what Paulie offers. He must be so in demand. And for whatever reason, it, like this must be really personal. Like this must be real because why on earth is he coming out of retirement in boxing to fight bare knuckle boxing against an active, like USC fighter? Essentially, it's madness. Do, do we know the size disparity here? Are they sort of similar? Do you know, Joe? Um, I'm, I have to plead a bit of ignorance here. I'm not really sure. I think uh, Paulie might be like the taller, longer fighter. But Artem's seems a bit more stocky, doesn't yes. it? Seems more uh, bit of a man. In I don't know, he's tough as now, isn't he? He's got one. He's got one in faces. He just seems like he can absorb punch after punch. I don't know. It's a hard one to 
to tell because like the hands will just break straight away. You just don't know which way it's going to go. I mean, how many rounds is it? I don't Should even have research. I don't, yeah, I don't even know. But I would imagine Paulie would look good and land some nice shots early on because he's a boxer. He's, he's the better boxer. That's without a doubt. So I think he will probably pace him up a little bit. But as we've seen, Artem does not go anywhere, no matter what you throw at him. And because it is bare-knuckle boxing, obviously there are differences there to boxing. So I think the ring seems to be smaller from what I've seen. It's not like... Yeah. And obviously we had the boke, Dave Feldman, or whatever is what it was. I don't even know if this is the same promotion, but if someone was trying to use his boxing skills and stick and move and, and sort of try and not get hit, he's going to jump in there and take your paycheck off you. So it's not like Paulie can even play that kind of fight. So I don't know. I kind of expect as it goes on, it's just going to play into Artem's hands. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right there. It's, it's, sort of, it's almost designed for uh, to make it an even sort of playing field and to favour lo- Loboff, really. Uh, yeah, sort of phone booth fighting. I've got the odds here, Joe. Oh, really? Go on. Go on. Would you rate him? I would say Paul's a favourite. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm quite interested in these odds. Um, a little bit surprising. That What do you reckon the, the swing is? I think, I think it'd maybe be... Six to four, Paulie, two to one. Um, no, two to one's probably a bit long. Um, Malian Arches fifteen to eight on, and Loboff eleven to eight. Okay, yeah, yeah, quite close, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's very close. But I fully expect you got to think Malian Arches is going to win that. He knows that he's not stupid, is he? He's an intelligent no, no, man. He's, not, no. he's an intelligent man. He speaks well. He knows what he's doing. He's not stupid. He's seen something when he's been training McGregor and Loboff. He knows he can probably beat them both. He wouldn't do it otherwise, surely. I don't, I don't he's know. Got, he's just got to go through a bit of fire in this to get to the get to the big money. That's that's the way I'm looking at it. He's not stupid. He's not. Uh, yeah, but Connor ain't going to fight him, is he? In but, what bare knuckle? No, I think he'll fight him in boxing. Think I think he'll. I think he'll put in. I think I think his plans this Malianaji. I think his plans to put on a, such a beating on Loboff and say such words to Connor after such disparaging words that he sort of pulls Connor into that fight. I think that has to be his plan. There's no other reason for it. I don't think. But I mean, Connor flew halfway around the world because uh, Khabib slapped um, Loboff. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they're tight. They're brothers. So. I, I, that's that's what I think the plan is and I think that's what's going to happen if he gets the win of course yeah well that remains to be seen so we'll we'll, uh, we'll try and catch that if we can at the weekend I think that brings our news to an end young Matthew so we should move on to our preview of next week's USC I believe if, if that's okay with you <laughs> yeah that's fine let's crack on shall we where do you want to start son alright so it is USC fight night 154 I'm not sure if they even named them uh, number them anymore but that's what it's called on Google so that's what I'm going with it is in the Bon Secours Wellness Arena in Greenville South Carolina main event featherweight matchup Hanato Moicano Korean Zombie Chang Sung Jung we've got the 4-9 to favourite Moicano up against the 13-8 to underdog Korean Zombie where are you leaning at the moment Matthew? Obviously, Moicano's the favourite. I'm leaning towards the Korean zombie, though. I thought we looked good in his last fight until the last second. He did, yeah. That's surprising, actually. I didn't think you were going to say that. I'm leaning towards Moicano himself. He's put out some good comments this week. I saw them 
just today, actually, when I was meant to be working, I was not working and reading uh, Moicano's comments. Uh, it seems like he's learned a lot from the Aldo fight, similar to, who was it we were talking about earlier? Oh, you've been drinking what I'm drinking, you're forgetting your stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hernandez. That's Hernan- him. Hernandez learned a lot from his fight. He's quite cerebral and he's he's got that champion's mindset where he takes it in. He doesn't shy away from it. Moicano said some similar things this week, actually. So I do fancy Moicano in this one. He's the taller man. Uh, he beat Swanson, Qatar, beat Jeremy Stevens, and he's lost to Ortega, which was kind of last gas, and obviously got a little bit dismantled by Jose Aldo. Chan Sung Jung, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's been active enough. Obviously, he's been out for, what was it, four years, and then another year. I think Moicano gets this one done. Yeah, um, it all leads, points towards that, him getting it done. I just think, I don't know, he froze against Aldo, didn't he? I felt I he didn't turn up. I think the, the bright lights, so he froze a little bit. Um, he can't do that again against the zombie because the zombie's going to bring him out into a brawl. I think that's where he fights best. <clears throat> he did get a bit reckless against Yair, obviously. He was winning the fight and, yes. and just threw it away uh, with that unforgettable knockout, that up elbow, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he's good everywhere. They're both good everywhere. I do think Moicano's probably the better fire, all told. Um, but I've just got a feeling for the zombie. Um, I think he's going to sort of bring turn it into a brawl, and I think that that plays in favour for uh, for Chan Sung Jung. Um, I think whoever loses this though is well out of the picture for a while, won't they? Yes, I'd have to. I'd have to agree. I think so. That's an interesting start with our predictions. We've gone opposite sides straight away. This is where I've got to pull it back, and I'm I'm two one three two down. Three two I? down, you are yeah. So you you want to kind of keep it even if you can. Not that you need me to explain how a simple <laughs> how one versus one a works. Table yeah. works. <laughs> Jesus Christ! All right, co-main event. Yeah, what is it? Uh, so you've got little John Lineker, the five foot three machine. That is John Lineker up against Rob Font, who's five foot eight. So a little bit. An advantage there, uh, as is always the case. John Lineker, thirty-one and nine record, lost to Sandhagen last time out, and I have to say that was a, a very impressive performance from Sandhagen, who has a lot of potential and could very well be fighting for the title by the end of the year. So, no, no disgrace to John Lineker. I think he's obviously that favourite, puts on a show every single t- single time, and perhaps to his own detriment at times because he's never really made that that sort of leap to that title opportunity, if you will. Up against Rob Font, who I have to say, this is probably almost definitely his biggest fight to date. If he can get a win over John Lineker here, this could almost transform his career. Because, I mean, he beat Sergio Pettis at the end of 2018, which is decent. Pettis is a name in himself, but got a lot of work to do. Before that, he lost to Hassan Sal. He beat Thomas Almeida. He lost to Pedro Muno. So I think if he gets this, this win over John Lineker here, against all the odds, I would say, I think this puts his career right back on track. Yeah, I mean, like Lineker's pretty highly ranked, right? Last uh, time I checked, so yeah. it will, it will jump Rob Font up to there. Uh, the, the, the sort of the main points I took from what you just said, reading through his record, there he does seem to stumble when he fights the the upper echelons. Munoz, uh, who was the other fellow you said there? Aston Sal, yeah, Aston Sal. So, and Lineker is in that bracket for me. He, he's he's only ever lost to the best. Um, he's just a absolute. Ball of energy, he's a beast. He knocks you out with one punch at five foot three and one hundred thirty-five pounds. Pretty unbelievable, really. Yeah, but mad, yeah. I think it'd be an unbelievable fight. Really, I do. Um, but I, I really do see Lineker getting this done. I think Font will be sort of 
it's just a step too much for him again, unfortunately. I think I would agree. Uh, the odds are six to four to Font and one to two for Lineker. So I think they reflect that. I think the book bookies are giving Font a decent chance at six to four, but I, I do have to think John Lineker will get the win here because he kind of needs it as well. And not only is he possibly the better fighter, the more experienced, the better credentialed, he needs to get this win coming off a loss as well, which sort of amplifies that even more so. Yeah, I mean, he's been around for ages though as well though. So you, you never know which which fight is going to turn up where you can visibly see the decline start to happen. So you never know, that might be this fight. And Rob Font, I think he's at 15, uh, gets a win here. He can jump into that top 10 and sort of mix it with these other these other young guns who are coming through in the bantamweight division, which we, we say every week. It seems to be a fight every week that has some kind of implications in the top 10. And, and this is another one. Oh, it's on fire, definitely, that division. Um, so we we haven't got the most stacked of card this weekend after the treat we had two weeks ago. Do you want to pick out a little fight that you're looking forward to and uh, let people know what's going on with that one? I'm looking forward to seeing Matt Wyman return. Uh, handsome Matt Wyman. Um, I don't know if you remember him, Joe. He at last fought in 2014, so quite a while ago. A few years. We talk, about, we talk about the zombie having a bit of time off. I'm not sure where Wyman's been. But uh, he was on the Ultimate Fighter 5 with Nate Diaz, uh, Gray Maynard, them sort of characters. So... An old head, he's making his return, so I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he's going to bring, if he's still got it, because he was quite a good fighter, man. Yeah, I remember that series. That was one of my favourite series, actually. Of the oh, it's the best fighter. one. Yeah, it probably is the best one, isn't it, of the characters you've got on there. So that's definitely one to look out for. One I've kind of earmarked myself is Brian Barbarena. He's up against Randy Brown in the welterweight division. I think we all remember Barbarena's last fight with Luke. It'd be very difficult to forget about that, I would say, so... I think this is definitely one to keep your eyes out. Barbarina, just he's an absolute machine, isn't he? You're not putting him away. He's much like the Korean zombie. He's like the sort of Southern American country zombie sort of thing. But uh, this will be a cracking fight. And Barbarina, two to seven, sort of well odds on there up against Randy Brown, who's nine to four. He's decent, Randy Brown. He'll have the size advantage. He's lost to Nico Price and Bilal Mohamed and he's beat Mickey Gall so I think that tells you quite a bit about Randy Brown and his experience and I think I see this as a, a nice kind of uh, stage for Barbarina to, to get back on the on the winning track I would say Yeah I love Barbarina in this uh, that fight was unbelievable wasn't it Oh it was just a crazy crazy fight yeah. um, I'm surprised he's back so early cause I got, it didn't seem that long ago that fight Yeah I haven't got the date I think it was a while ago I think it's been enough time where you're not kind of thinking about still carrying damage if you see what yeah. I mean yeah okay no yeah I think it's going to be a good fight I think he wins pretty easily to be honest I think he'll uh, perhaps get a, a TKO or a decision win for uh, the Southern American country zombie as yes. you so eloquently put well, I gr- not got quite the same ring as the Korean zombie but uh, I can see where you're heading with it yeah I don't know redneck zombie would that I, I don't that's know. a fucking good name I, I like that one I don't know if that's disrespectful or not but Redneck Zombie ain't the worst one to go don't with worry. I'm sure he's not listening <laughs> how dare you <laughs> the Redneck Zombie I like it All right, but so uh, yeah do you reckon he'll get the win yeah I do yeah I, I fully expect him to here and I think I think they're handing him a more favourable fight on purpose if we're being a little bit cynical why because of the shows he put on and, and because of that fight he had last time out and I think he could have quite easily won that fight. So I I think he's one of those fighters where it's guaranteed bang for your buck every single time. 
if you can kind of keep him a little bit sweet, that's what I would do. So who knows? Yeah, I think that's a, a good observation, mate. To be honest, I think it's you can't keep giving him fights where they're going to be entertaining, but he's going to end up getting beat because he'll end up not being an asset to you anymore. Well, so yeah, you've got to cut him then, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. And but yeah, I, I do think he'll get a win. What odds was he again? He's quite a heavy odds on. Yeah, two to seven, so not much value there, but put it in an acre or something, it might be worth a shot. Yeah, we're quite successful with them acres, aren't we? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Who else do you want to see? So we've got Alan Crowder up against Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Uh, Alan Crowder beat Greg Hardy, obviously. We all remember that. Uh, well, we might not, but it, it happened. <laughs> and, uh, but, but this isn't why I've highlighted this one, because the man is facing Jarzinho Rosenstruck. So I might have butchered that. But I think he's from like Suriname. Uh, he's got a 7-0 record. Uh, and it was his debut uh, in his last fight against Junior Albini. And he looked absolutely ferocious. His striking is crazy. Uh, he dropped Albini with a head kick. Finished it with punches. He's a 1-3 to odds-on favourite here. And um, I think they're not doing Alan Crowder any favourites. I mean, they threw him in with Greg Hardy. Hoping he would get knocked out. That that didn't happen. Uh, I, I fear they're doing the same here because I think Rosenstruck looks very, very dangerous. And if he can iron out his skill set, I think he's he's going to be a much sort of uh, celebrated addition to the UFC. So that's on the prelims. I think if, I think in main events the prelims. So definitely keep an eye out for that one. Yeah, you you were saying uh, yeah, keep your eye out for Gisinho. I, I couldn't for the life of me remember him. Was he fighting Albini when Albini was wearing a nappy? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he does it every time, but... Well, wears a nappy? Yes, or does his shorts up to look like a nappy, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to dig that one out. I really can't remember it. I'll yeah, have to dig definitely have but, a little uh, look. But old, old Crowder, yeah, he's an eyed into nothing, you reckon, then? I think so, but I'd love to I'd love to see him get the win because, obviously, he became a, a split-decision UK favourite legend after he beat Greg Hardy, so if he can sort of... I mean that was a DQ, so we're taking it as a win because he's Clutching, one of he's one of our own, own yeah. But it's one of he is one of our own, so we will take that DQ win. If he could get another win against Jerzinho, that'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it now. You've sold it to me. Nice. Well, she, Kevin Holland, we all yes. like Kevin Holland, and he? he's a bit bit of a mad man. He is. He's Alessio De Chirico. He's a very talented fighter in his own right, fighting out of Italy, sort of flying the flag for those twelve and two record. Two to five, Holland. Yes, big favourite, ain't he? Yeah, um, he's exciting. Just is he? He's the one who uh, chats during transitions and stuff, talking shit the whole time. Do you remember? Yeah, no, he's, he is a good fighter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, Darren Wynn, Joe, you heard about this fella? Briefly, I have heard. Yeah, go on. He's a five foot seven uh, lightweight, stroke middleweight. <laughs> wow. So you talk about Lineker being five foot three, five foot seven, and being. What's that in English money? 185 pounds, about 14, 15 stone. Yeah. So he's going to be a meatball, as you put it, with uh, <laughs> a teethy. The same sort of uh, build. He's DC's protege, the absolute wrestling uh, stud by all accounts. Um, he's 5 and 0. He beat Tom Lawler. Do you remember Tom Lawler from the UFC? Beat yeah, him on the Liddell yeah. Ortiz Oscar De La Hoya card, believe it or not. What oh, was it really? The Chuck Liddell card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was on there. He's five and zero. Huge wrestling credentials. Um, 
by all accounts, um, sort of a massive prospect. He doesn't have an opponent. I think he dropped out yesterday or the day before, so they're trying to fix up an opponent for him. Um, but if they can get one for him, look out for him. Okay, nice one. We've also got Dan Eig up against Kevin Aguilar. I think this will be another good fight. Dan Eig on a free fight win streak. He beat Danny Henry last time out by a rear naked choke. The Scotsman, I think we remember that one. He's beaten Jordan Griffin and Mike Santiago before. Uh, Kevin Aguilar, nine fight win streak, 17 and one record. He's a four to six favourite. Beat the Dirty Bird, Rick Glenn, two fights ago up against Dan Eig, 11 to 10. I think that's again on the prelims. Could be wrong, but keep your eyes out for that one. Also got Andrea Lee up against Montana De La Rosa in the women's flyweight division. Uh, Montana De La Rosa, uh, she beat someone else. That's not great knowledge for you all recently, but she was in Australia, I believe. Yeah, yeah, in Aust- yeah. You're gonna have to take my word for it. But up against Andrea Lee, who's shown a little bit of promise. But I think Matthew, there's only one re- real flyweight fight that we're looking forward to this weekend. Do you want to tell everyone what that might be? Uh, Meatball and Lipsky? Yes, of course. Molly, Meatball, McCann. How do you see this one going, Joe? I think it's a tricky assignment. Cool, I think, yeah, not off. She's up against the violence queen, Ariane Lipsky, who lost to Jojo Calderwood on a UFC debut. Last time out, she's a Brazilian. She's been fighting KSW, I believe, in Poland. She's got a lot of hype behind her. Some very good striking. Looked decent against Jojo, and Jojo done well to get the win. I kind of see this sim- going down similar to McCann's last fight against Cachoeira. Uh, it will be a little bit of a brawl, I think, and most of that will be kind of to McCann's credit because she brings it every single time. So I think this is going to be a cracking fight. A tough one for McCann. But I think I think she'll come out with the win here. I think she will. Yeah, I think before the, the Caldwood fight, we were all saying what a tricky assignment it is with Lipsky coming over and uh, Caldwood sort of, shut a lot of people up actually by beating her so hopefully McCann can do it I, I, I think it's a tricky one um, it's basically my tie against boxing so hopefully the hands can uh, prevail yes definitely and she's been doing a lot of work on her grappling and jiu-jitsu lately McCann as well so I wouldn't be surprised at all well, if, I would be surprised if she went for a takedown because that's not really her game she likes, nah. to, she likes to beat people up with her hands but I, I, it, it could be a useful, useful tool put it that way because she may well have an advantage there. I think, like you say, Lipsky's pretty much just Muay Thai uh, base. So, nevertheless, yeah, great fight. And, yeah, did you say you think McCann will get that one? She's a 15-8 to 8 underdog up against a 4-11 to 11 on Lipsky. I don't know. I'm on the fence at a minute. Obviously, I'm pulling for McCann. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. Though. I think it'd be tricky. Um, I'm pulling for Edo, and hopefully, like I say, the, the hands can get it done. All right, so I don't know if you've got any more to add. If not, I don't know if you want to, as we do every week, pick out your highlight, what you're most looking forward to. Well, something that's becoming evident to me is you got McCann on this card. Dan Eich, you had Latifi, was, not Latifi, um, Volcan was supposed to fight a week or two ago. All these guys on the London card have got fights, except one bigger mission. Can you guess who it is? It's got to be incoming soon, isn't it? What, Darren Till? Mm, no, I think more close to home. <laughs> the big man? The, the, the big man? The big man, Simon Safarov. Big Simon, when's it coming, Joe? It has to be soon. It has to be. I mean, when, <laughs> you mentioned uh, a win, Darren Wynn there. Light heavyweight. Possible? Short notice? You, you think he, he's going to come flying in like a superhero that he is? 
and save the day. Uh, and, but, and give Win his first, ironically, his first loss of his career. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, every week I sit there with my fingers crossed that they're going to pull Safrov in. I tell you what, I saw a picture of him on Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. On a, on a horse, did you see it? I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he went full Putin. You talk about uh, when you got Rogan talking about Black Beast, he's got the best Instagram in the game. He ain't he ain't seen nothing yet. Nah. Simon Safaroff, you don't follow him already, at Simon Safaroff, the best Instagram in the game, mate. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention it. It just become evident to me when I saw... Uh, no, nah, you're right. You are right. McCann yeah. and Ig on the same card. I thought, he's yeah. got to be coming. So I think you made Edward. a good shout. It might be on the Abu Dhabi card, which is yeah. too far away for my liking. Yeah, definitely. I don't know why he's been out for so long. <laughs> Been riding horses, <laughs> but yeah. What was the question? What are you looking forward to? Main event got to be on it. I would have thought. I like the main event. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look, try and be a bit more, a bit more trendy about it. See if there's any others on there. Like, like I say, I'm looking forward to Wyman's return. I think I'm definitely looking forward to the Barbarina Brown fight. Yeah, how could you not? Um, yeah, and, and McCann Lipsky. I think you, I think you're right. I think she might make it a brawl, and I think she might. <clears throat> she might, so might sort of bring Lipsky into that sort of boxing fight and then uh, try and get a win that way. I'm looking forward to the crowd of fight now. You sold it to me. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. It might be a quick one, which would be good. What are you looking forward to then? Yeah, I have to echo everything you said. I think, obviously, this isn't the most stacked of cards, so the ones to pick out are obvious. I mean, I don't think you even mentioned, mentioned John Lineker against Rob Font. That'll be a great fight as well. So, uh, yeah, Barbarina, McCann, Moicano, Korean Zombie. Pretty good <coughs> recipe, I'd say. say. Say again? I've got to say, I'm looking forward to Bellator. Yeah, yeah. To be mean, on a reasonable hour. I don't know why we're not going, Joe. Yeah, it's true, it's actually. ideal, right? We were probably fuming after missing out on the UFC London, I guess. We couldn't contemplate. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it should be a good weekend of fights. You've obviously got the... the Bare knuckle pox in, which I'm uh, 11 out of 10 pumped for, obviously. <laughs> it's all I have going to find off, a mate. For it. It's all yeah, it's, going it's all off. kicking off. One week off, and then uh, it explodes. So I'm excited. All right, well, we're going to wrap this episode then, bring it to a close. We are Split Decision UK. Thank you very much for listening. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Split Decision UK. And if you're listening on iTunes, uh, maybe just quickly, quick five star or subscribe or whatever. That'll be coming very handy. Uh, as it is we're going to wrap this one up so yeah looking forward to the fights this weekend Uh, hopefully you are too we'll see you next time au revoir